Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of life, the show of selling out, the show of whiskey, Delilah's Chicago, Joe Strummer, the clash, more with today's guest, Mr. Eric Rosentrader, Redemption Whiskey. This is yet another great conversation from one of this year's San Antonio cocktail conference seminar presenters. Eric has a very rich past in the food industry, has worked on all sides of it. And he also is wrestling with this creative side at all times. He paints, he puts things together, he sees the details in life and objects and rearranges them for something incredibly beautiful. We have a really great chat. And of course, if you're headed to San Antonio this week for the cocktail conference, join the Rye Revival with Redemption Whiskey as Eric Rosentrader teaches us about cocktails and rye whiskey January 14th at 1.30 through 2.45. Of course, tickets as usual for the seminars are $45. He'll be teaching and imparting that great knowledge of his at the Embassy Suites Riverwalk downtown. A brief description of the class. Experience some of the beloved classic cocktails with the discussion on the popularity of rye pre-prohibition and how it was the go-to whiskey expression and making many of the classic cocktails we know and love today. We'll demonstrate the ease of replicating these at home with the opportunity to try a handful of these classics. So I hope I see you guys at the conference, and I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Mr. Eric Rosentrader. Sellout, and it's like they're, they're actually really good at their jobs, and... They're pairing off with people who can help them make money. Right. You know, and, and do these guys want to be in a van driving all over Hell's Half Acre forever? Well, it's fucking like... Probably not. <laughs> what, do you, what do you work towards if you don't work towards that? Yeah, for sure. Right? Do you work towards busting your ass and struggling for the rest of your life? I mean, you deserve good things if you've worked for it. I mean, Morrissey like might, but that's a whole different bag of cats. <laughs> well, but he's going <laughs> to bitch about everything. Yeah, that's just who he is that's and what just, he does. That's Morrissey, yeah. I, I don't know. It's... Podcasts are an interesting thing. Are there any non, non-industry podcasts that you listen to? Uh, some. Uh, How things work what is for that? sure is one of my favorites. It there. It's just like two dudes, and they sit there. Sometimes they'll have like some whiskey or some beer or something. Right. Um. Like if you send them a bottle, they'll mention it on their podcast. Hmm. I mean, I love like the backyard marketing of that. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just storytelling, like how things work. And they'll just pick something and just talk about it. Uh, the research is can seem a little dodgy sometimes, and right. I know everybody's really sensitive about that uh, fake news sort of stuff, especially now, right yeah. now. But it's it's jovial. It's not taken as gospel. It's just two two dudes talking about. Yeah, it's like two like the best trivia people you could imagine, yeah. like talking about trivial things. I like that. It's just innocent. You well, know, it's, it's you know we're podcasts are this uh, almost like an evolved media form at the moment sure. right so i like it because we can swear if we want i can fucking 
cover whatever goddamn thing I want to cover. Fuck yeah. And that's the exa- <laughs> right. So we can talk about brands, which I think most of the guys that I talk to, I mean, Redemption's a fucking great brand, right? So we'll talk about that. But it's it's good. It's got yeah. great, good presence, respectability, integrity, et cetera, et cetera. But this is about you, ultimately, right? This is, <laughs> yeah. I just try to act as like this conduit to, to talk about or get people to talk about their lives because we're in this industry and we're talking transactionally through a bar. For like, sure. how are you doing, sir? How was your day? But uh, at the end of the day, there's much more to us. And um, maybe that's the only reason. I do. This, your podcast uh, specifically kind of reminded me of uh, like when we used to close up the bar. Yeah. And every now and again, like a distiller would be hanging out or a, like a cop or yeah. a, a rock star or something. And we'd all, and like that's when kind of like gloves are off. You're done smiling politely right. because that's your job. Right. And, right. And, and not that we didn't enjoy smiling politely, but like that sort of thing. It's like, all right, the phony baloney bullshit's over. We can have a drink. We can hang out and we can talk just straight dope. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's what so it should be, important. right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's cathartic for both of us. Now, maybe there's, I don't know. I, I think there's this kind of empathy thing that's misses, that's missing right now. Like, God, there's so much we could talk about. We could talk about politics. We could talk about music. But empathy is key because just be, yeah. we're different, right? You're from Chicago. I'm from Austin. We're actually the same age, I think. But we got different stories and we got different opinions on shit. And I'm not going to hate you because we disagree. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I've noticed. Um, Actually, right after the election cycle happened, um, not to state allegiances one way or the other. No, it but, doesn't even matter, yeah. Um, I deleted all my social media accounts. Did you really? Um, I came back to it. Yeah. Uh, I use it a lot through work. Uh, it's really handy. This is a great example of keeping in touch with people sure. uh, across the country. Virtual black book. Of yeah, it totally is, man. And, and, and it's extremely powerful that way. But, you know, it's so disenfranchising. You see, if you just go through your Facebook feed, and, of course, all of that is SEO developed through what you shop for, things right. like that. I mean, when people freak out, it's like, well, what do you think it was for? Like, right, that's right. part of it. Yeah. And it's smart. You know, it doesn't freak me out. You want to read my emails, go for it. I don't care. Um, but it was it was strange to see, like, going through the feeds. Um, it seemed like the end of the world. It did. But then you go outside, and it's like birds are chirping. Right. Uh, the weather is being weather. And... Like nobody was actually really talking about it, you know. It was know, very totally strange right. because we're all so so sensitive right now. But it's sensitive and, and, here, as I make the uh, you know, I'm just like I'm on a phone, right? Yeah. That's that's where we're sensitive. But but right here, this is where we can get it out. Oh yeah, and it's great. You know, it's it's a uh, it's genuine. I th- I think um, people are becoming a little more social socially media responsible. Yeah, you think um, so? I hope that's true. I hope so. I hope is fear, as they say. But um, it's one of those things that, like, if it doesn't, then then what good does it do? Yeah. You know, it's we're becoming so scared to say and do anything because somebody might be offended or whatever. Oh, my God. It's horrible. You know, and, like, not too long ago, like, I'm, I'm sitting there with one of my friends, and I just, like, out of nowhere, and there's a couple of whiskeys involved. I've known this dude forever. Right. I'm like, what's it like being black? That's a fair question. Just ask that. Just like that. He's That's like, a fair uh, fucking question. And I'm like, and immediately my, my reaction was yeah. like, I don't mean to offend you. He's like, no, not at all. He's like, it's, it's like nobody's ever asked me that. How does it feel to have bad eyesight? Yeah. You're wearing it, glasses. <laughs> like, okay. like Yeah, exactly. And it, it was, it, we were familiar enough. We were yeah. friends enough that, that I could 
do that. And it just led to just like this great just series of conversations that wasn't recorded. It wasn't being typed out. It wasn't right. news no or updates shows, or right? emojis or thumbs up if this is fine. Yeah, but yeah. It was so organic. And I think that's what people want again, I, I think. I think so too. Um, I think that's why vinyl's on the upswing, actually. Oh, thank God for right? that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is because they want to take something personally and connect with it again. Oh, totally. Right? And like the record guys uh, throwing in those like digital download codes yeah. and things like that. I first started seeing that a couple years ago. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now I only now I only have to buy this once. That's exactly right. <laughs> What's it? It's, we're craving something. We're craving a connection with something. Sure. You know whether it is art, whether it's music, or God forbid, each other. Yeah. Communities, sure. right? Which kind of begs the question. It sounds like so. I do a little bit of research before I talk to everybody. And so you're a whiskey guy. You're born and raised Chicagoan. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like early on for you. You got this cool duality, right? So you're an artist, but yet you're a man of the people. You talk to people. You're part of the hospitality industry. I love it. Yeah. Um, I actually did a mural of uh, Joe Strummer. Uh, it wasn't right when he died. It was a couple years after. Yeah. And the bar that I worked at, uh, Delilah's in Chicago, um, every year for Joe Strummer's birthday, we'd spin Joe Strummer records and... Sometimes there'd be artwork up, and I asked my boss, and he's like, "Hey, you know, like I'm like, you know, like Gangway Door." I'm like, and we're huge Clash fans, yeah, you know. Yeah. Strummer when when Strummer passed away, um, and, and I typically deal with you know somebody passing privately. I'm not one of those wailing widows who mm -hmm, does mm -hmm. the thing. Uh, I I remember that, and then the Redemption song video came on. Oh man! And I cried. I mean, I just straight up just cried, and I was 22 at the time. Yeah. You know, just anger got me through everything well, and piss and vinegar. And I was like, Jesus Christ. What is it about? And I respect the clash profoundly. I mean, they did so many multi-genre things. We're talking about that. But but for you, how did you connect with the clash? Why was it so moving for you? Um, I mean, for I mean that, that video is what inspired me to do that mural. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the last interviews uh, Stromer did. That he goes on about this spiel and there's metaphors all over the place because right. that's just how he talked. And he said, without people, you're nothing. And that just really stuck out. And definitely as I got further and further into the hospitality career, yeah. um, it's true. And it's become really, really apparent uh, with how much I travel that, man, we all know each other. We, we Maybe not directly, but it's like that six degrees thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we all know each other. And if we just talk and hang out, and do that, then like we all know each other, man. I think this is gonna be a theme in this chat, actually. <laughs> Talking Probably. to each other as yeah. we're talking. It's like a yeah, bubble within I, a bubble, right? Uh, Marty Duffy, uh, yeah. very much like my big brother in the That's industry. Uh, I respect him greatly. He's been a great sounding board. He's uh, a big brother, mentor yeah. sort of thing, especially when I started segueing away from bartending. Um, you know david perkins yeah. uh yeah, I, love I always thought of him as like woody from toy story because he's like kind of long he's kind of like yeah. long and he's, gangly, he's like yeah, yeah and he just gets fired up yeah. his arms start moving all over the place and it's just, he does it's have super, the approachability of a tom hanks if you yeah, think of totally. it yeah he totally uh, and he's just super energetic yeah. and uh like katie class that yeah. you had on i had an event with her last night with uh, the usbg people in austin mm -hmm which is a relationship that I love developing. 
um just things like that it's about and not being like, sinister about it too yeah well or, or ulterior know? right like having these weird modems is that, is that what you mean or just uh sinister is pretty you pretty can dark, see that right? um part of my role uh as an ambassador uh people ask me all the time what my job is yeah. and it, for one thing i i don't shut off uh always working which yeah. is i'm happy to do um if I work for somebody, I always see myself as, the, as a face sure. of that company or whatever. Part of the brand. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, we have, our, we have our computer stuff that we have to do, our office time and research and development and PowerPoints and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're out a lot, too. Uh, we go out. We, we drum up direct sales, for sure. Mm. Um, that's something that, that I've been working really hard on developing personally because uh, I'm very bad <laughs> I was very bad at it. Um, I can sit and bullshit with whiskey all night, right? But it's I've always had a hard time asking people for things. Got it. In any circumstance, no, not just I'm, in whiskey. I'm the same but, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and getting better at that, but also like just nerding out about things, um, hanging out with folks. Uh, the couple places I've been to in Austin so far on my trip, they're like, oh. Well, you know so and so, and I'm like, yes, yeah, of course. The world is and as it just small. Happens, man. Yeah, it like, does. It's a nice serendipity. Yeah, and um, some of my best experiences, uh, both professionally and creatively, um, are experiences that I let happen. Yeah, don't fight it. Like, to go with your guts. Like oh. that sort of thing. Like, I did a gallery opening during Jazz Fest in New Orleans on a whim. Really? Because somebody asked me to do it. I'm like, yeah, of course. Fucking, and I sold a whole bunch it? of stuff. I made a ton of money. It was that's, great. That's I mean, amazing. not a ton, but, yeah, but some I sold is everything. Good. Yeah, like, yeah. This is great. And uh, <sighs> that scared little voice, though, came out. It yeah. was like, oh, man, that's pretty scary. How am I going to get all that stuff down there? Uh, I don't know anybody at this gallery. I, don't, right. I didn't really know a lot of people in New Orleans. But I'm like, you know what? Like, Why not just roll with it, man? And why, see what happens. Why not do it? Because we ne yeah. none of us know what we're doing. That's the big key is that none of us know what we're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. But that's and where everything exciting comes in. That's where the journey begins, yeah? Yeah, for sure. So let's go back a little bit. I, I was regaled with you mentioning a tale of having to remove your shoe and thusly paint it, and that was your first exposure to art or the first exposure to drawing. <laughs> And I imagine you were pretty young at this point. So when uh, it was fifth grade, yeah. fifth grade, yeah. So pretty young, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was the new kid in school. Um, my parents uh, had just bought their first home, mm. and they moved us. Uh, it was like a neighborhood over, so it oh, may okay. as well so have been a hundred right? miles away. Oh, fifth grade, it, you know, like it's we didn't have cars and gotcha. public trans was problematic and things gotcha. like that. Um, we sat in the classroom, and I was I'm really shy. Believe it or not, that's yeah, something that, that, <laughs> that's something that I've worked on. Yeah, that that I challenge myself with is that I'm perfectly happy um, hanging out in small groups, keeping to myself, like things like that. Mm. Um, and that's something I've taken away from not bartending anymore. It's like, no, go out there. It's it's scary. You but might like, lose your chops if you don't, right? But it's a rush. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's oh, that yeah, built-in yeah. adrenaline thing. Um, in fifth grade, we had a uh, one of my teacher, Mrs. Cut. Not too. Hopefully, that comes off well on the podcast. Mrs. Cut, Cut yeah. C U T T. <laughs> um, great woman. Uh, she's like, okay, we're gonna do a project today. Take out a piece of paper, and we're gonna do a style of drawing called contour drawing. Contour, okay. Which is where you put your 
once you put your pen or pencil or thing to the paper that you just draw one continuous line. Got it. Okay. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's really challenging. And I had on these awful LA gear high tops. Um, Dude, tell me there was two the types of laces. In I it. love those shoes. Oh my god, the they day. were the most awful looking things in the world. Uh, but I loved them. Yeah. Because it was fucking you know, LA was, gear. Yeah, that was, was the late shit. Late 80s, early 90s. That's yeah. just who cares. Um, did that and it ended up like everybody loved it. My principal, like I, I got called into the principal's office and I'm like, of course I'm like shitting kittens yeah. that I'm like, I'm in trouble, but I didn't do anything. So I'm freaking out. And he's like, we want to put this up in the hallway. I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And I liked it though. I kind of wanted to keep it, you know, cause like yeah, that's the sure. problem with like artwork is like, oh, I like that. And then you have to part with it. And it's you like, make a connection to it. Yeah. yeah you, you learn to break that really yeah. fast. Um, Especially when you're trying to sell it, it's hard to do it like a co-op thing. <laughs> oh yeah, and what do I charge for yeah, it? Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Like, I don't know, fifty bucks. Like right. okay, we well, should charge more. I'm like, well, okay, next time, whatever. Um, but so, did you find that so this artistic kind of proclivity was this something? Were your parents artistic? Or- uh, my uh, my mom and dad are very creative. Yeah. Uh, very subversively. Uh, my dad. I, I remember when I was really young, I found some of his sketchbooks. And he was pen and ink, like landscape, things like that. Yeah. Uh, he was tooling around with like MC Escher, like really? type things. Like, yeah. And and I remember that very profoundly, like finding that. Yeah. Um, and is, he, I, is he from Chicago as well? Or uh, he was actually born in Germany. Really? Uh, he came over uh, with my Oma um, when he was very young. He was born in 52. I think they came over in 57. Okay. Um, and... It always like made me really sad that like we had guitar like in, guitars in the house growing oh. up, and I never saw him play, and I never saw him draw, and I never saw him like create anything. Really, and it was actually a, a friend of mine had some people over, probably, Jesus, ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting around in my house like hanging out drinking, and um, this this woman I know, this musician that I know, was hanging out, and she found one of my sketchbooks. And she started looking through it. And it was just like doodling, right, like right. comic book style stuff, photorealism, whatever. And like she started crying. And of course, like I was like, I hate seeing people cry. Like I get upset. I'm right. like, oh, like, okay, I'll make you I'll like <laughs> dance or something. You know, I'll get the kids. Shine to laugh. your shoes? What am I gonna yeah, do? Totally. Um and I asked her why she was so upset. And she said it, and she's like, I, I see you with so much talent and you don't use it, and it breaks my heart. Right? Seriously. I was like, okay. Like, like you know, not living to your potential. Yeah, I was like, well, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, and that's when I kind of just started to do it. Um, so you're saying this is just 10 years ago? Yeah. So you're mid-20s at that point, yeah? Early to mid-20s? Yeah, mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah. So that you went all that time without truly going not, for it? Is that Not fair? really. No. Uh, and I, I kind of don't still. Um, I look for opportunities, yeah. but... Uh, I'm still trying to master my role with uh, with being a brand ambassador for Redemption. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for Christmas last year, I painted a picture of my wife holding my dog because it was just a great picture. Yeah. Um, I did a co-op gallery where I built uh, a couple of Adirondack chairs out of uh, whiskey barrels. No kidding. Just took it apart. I'm like, I looked at it, and I'm like, I can't explain it. It just happens that. I looked at him like, I bet you I could do something really cool with that. And I thought of a chair. And yeah. I'm like, 
I built one. My wife sat in it. It broke all over the place. She felt horrible. <laughs> she was all right. And yeah. She, okay. and she's like, you know, 5'2", 110 yeah. Okay, pounds, there you go. You know, I mean, or whatever weight she wants to call herself these days. Um, <laughs> that part I'll have to edit out. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> Seven second delay. Hot take. <laughs> um, but you, you see things like that? So it, it's really interesting because in a way you're passively artistic. It just flows through you, I get the sense, right? And uh, it's balance, I guess. You think it's balance? Um, yeah. Um, like being kind of just organic, um, even like when working, um, developing relationships. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Like I'm a little cautious about a lot of things. I like figuring things out before I really go with it. Okay. Um, like the the creative side of me though is just like just do it until just you figure it. it out. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so it's, it's the opposite. It's like a meditation almost. Yeah. You know, like it, it's I I never uh, drink when I'm you know painting or writing or really? anything like that. No, I I don't want to realize do that. that's the opposite of what. Yeah, my- <laughs> no, I don't want to be like Hemingway. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like I got a drink to paint something, and and that's just something that's very specifically I've disconnected. Yeah. Um, because I don't want those two to be paired. I enjoy both of them separately. Yeah. But to, and I've tried and it's shit. I tried to paint something once when I was drinking. Works not it as good. Garbage. Yeah. Really. So you um, will never be a tortured artist then, which is probably good for your wife's sake. Yeah. You guys probably. can be insufferable <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Uh, I don't. And I tried to. Uh, I tried to paint something once that that I was drinking or when I was drinking, and I wasn't like all messed up and like you know, right. seeing green fairies after drinking absinthe or whatever. It, it was. It's like. No, it just didn't so, work. Interesting. Yeah, it's a very weird process. I, I don't know. Everybody's got their thing. I yeah, guess. I like that, though. It is about that process and the creative, like you said, the creative process for people. It's always different. Sure. You yeah. want to get in that dark place sometimes, but then when you become an adult, you're like, I can't be a fucking sad bastard all the time. Yeah, no, it's It's, yeah. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> reading Catcher in the Rye when you're 30, you're just like, ah, shut up. Like, <laughs> Jesus, holding. Like, it's not that bad, dude. <laughs> you're 30 fucking years old. Just like, move on. Like, yeah. find love. Be romantic. It's um, fine. And, and, and that's what makes it real for me too. Yeah. Um, I built uh like a, like an old English motorcycle a couple years ago, like a factor or period correct like English uh, cafe racer. Mm-hmm. And I was down at a friend of mine's garage. We're all part of this co-op collective sort of thing. And there was always like musicians hanging out or drinking shitty beer, you know, having too many cigarettes and yeah, just yeah. doing all night. I mean, to me, I was like, yeah, like the rest of the world just kind of shut off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when you see something, you see what it can be, trying to figure out how to make that happen works. And it feels really good. It's kind of like that, like when I paint, it's like, oh, I like that. And it's like a challenge almost. Like, how can I make that as beautiful in my mind, like on a piece of paper or canvas or something? Right, right. And to me, that takes an extraordinary amount of focus, um, which I typically don't have. I'm a little all (laughs) over the place, (laughs) mostly. Yeah. No, I, I again. I, I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Like you see the opportunity in creating something beautiful instead of seeing the bears and the obstacles and not starting at all. Yeah, it's uh, again being you know kind of just a naturally shy person. Um, working in a bar for so long definitely helped me get over that. Yeah. Um, but just like leaving something, you know, that's why I like doing murals. I did one of uh, Shane McGowan in my friend's tattoo shop. And like these guys, like I didn't get paid for any of these. I right, just wanted right. to do it. And just seeing that and like walking me, I'm like, oh, I like that. I mean, like that wouldn't be there if I didn't do it. That sort of thing, yeah, you know? Cool. And it's whatever you make, whatever you put into the world. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's really 
prideful craftsmanship well, sort of thing. Well, sure. But I, you th- it sounds like you're doing it for the right reasons. So if we step back a little bit and we think about this creative juice, this bloodline that's running through you, were you ever kind of faced, let's say, like when you're rapping high school up, obviously you're still a creative. You can't stop it. You can't turn it off being creative, right? You just can't. Yeah. Were you faced with, well, I got to go to business school now. Did you oh, have yeah, one totally. of those dichotomies? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I thought about going to art school. Um, it was really, it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, that might be a whole other conversation about education, but sure, that's something sure. we don't have to get oh, into right oh, now for yeah. sure. Um, but art school is really expensive. Um, when I was heading out of high school, um, I got accepted into... I think I'm not sure the school exists anymore, but they were actually doing a co-op thing. That excuse me, uh, it's two years of formal education. Then they did a cooperative program to be, depending on what you wanted to study. Right. And I got accepted into a program with Marvel Comics. Oh shit! Really? Right. And um, this is before it was like a house. Yeah, thing. and I was yeah. like, I, I look back at that still, and I just like bite my finger, like, right, damn it. Like, <laughs> um, but it was really expensive, and being uh i fell into that um middle income uh type of family tax bracket uh single you know anglo-saxon white caucasian whatever we're calling ourselves nowadays um that sort of thing there wasn't a lot of scholarship opportunities especially with this kind of school but with any others as well so i Followed a girl down to school, actually. I spent two years at Con Western thing. Illinois, yeah. scenic Macomb, which is... <laughs> I learned how to drink there, uh, which Good. says a lot about the college. Um, <laughs> the, the only thing to not do. not much right? else to do in yeah. Macomb, Illinois, uh, even though like Alkaline Trio would come and play through every now and again, which was really cool. That's even more reason to drink. Yeah. To, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, driving 20-something-year-old punk rock kids to drink. That's hard. <laughs> Still not hard as like um, approaching forty so year old. I rapidly gave up on education. Um, Just I, it, was, but was it ever interesting to you? Sure, like, absolutely. But I mean, that, everything's interesting. Yeah, um, it's proving enough that you're interested. Interested, right? Right. Um, I don't know. It's I, I saw my my tenure at Delilah's for sure. I see is getting my education in whiskey. Got it. Um, being there a long time, uh, 12 years plus, but I started at the door. It was an apprenticeship too. You know, yeah. started at the door. I was part time, picked up more shifts. Eventually, got the bar back, and just eventually was one of the one of the you know kind of senior bartenders over there. We didn't have like head bartenders or bev directors or chief mixologist extraordinary right, right. or whatever. We just we were just there for a long time, and with that came experience. Um. Well, what did that transition? So, again, there's this duality. We could talk about this, but there's always the people element. Sure. You follow a girl to school in Western Illinois. We all do that shit. That's what I did. Yeah, and we're still friends. She's oh, very that's dear a, to Well, me. that's the part of the story that you don't often hear is that yeah. you guys are still good. That's what yeah. yeah. Um, it, it took a while, <laughs> uh, but it was <laughs> it was one of those things that, like, you know, the long distance thing. And I'm not long distance guy. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Um, I do travel a fair amount, but um, my my company is really good about not burning us out got it because i like well, traveling, but now. i'm not a road warrior yeah. you know and i see how some of these guys do it i'm like i, I can't do it it's it, uh, man i mean 
putting a strain on your relationship is one of those things and we can talk about that but like that's that's been really yeah. really tough you know um, for a lot of pe- a lot of folks in the industry no and i absolutely refuse to surrender uh having anything affect my relationships yeah. uh whether it's a friendship or family or spouse that sort of thing um, really, we've really all seen the, the troubles and oh, turmoils sure. that people get into and i don't think it's the industry i think it's just it's just people man it's a way of that manifesting yeah um but yeah, I mean that stuff always weighs well, really heavy. It, yeah, bet. How did you get into hospitality? Then was it just an afterthought? Was it something that you had ever thought about doing? <laughs> no, it just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like planning what I can plan, okay. and otherwise just kind of just rolling with it. Um, you know, set your internal thermostat at seventy-two degrees, right. and you're just gonna be a lot happier with everything. Um, not to sound like a hippie, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got your German. I mean, at least neo. What is it? Neo new wave or some shit? Yeah, coming yeah. Out? I, yeah, I don't really like techno music either, so that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just happened. Uh, I was an electrician at the time. Electrician. Um, yeah. So the so the electrician thing and the radio thing. These are things you just did right before you. Oh uh, yeah, it's um. I was actually how I kind of got into the industry was I worked for Wild Oats, which was bought out by Whole Foods. Okay. And I was a beer and wine buyer for one of their stores, as well as I mean this this company was crazy, and I'm not shocked at all. It was just completely destroyed. Right. Um. Like I was beer and wine buyer. I was in grocery. I was one of the bakery and food service supervisors. I mean, I was wearing seven hats a day, and I was working all the time. And ended up getting uh, fired by by them uh, because I had to be there at like 5 a.m. I was living in the city, and this right, was in the right. suburbs. I had to be there at 5 a.m. to do the bakery stuff and get the coffee and juice bar going and mm-hmm. things. And I was late like three times in a month by like a couple of minutes. Right, you know, right. It wasn't like, oh, 6.30, shit, sorry. I completely shit the bed, whatever. Like, pretty small. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we got to let you go. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm in my early 20s. Like, I, I don't have a map, I guess. Right, um, right. I, I, I didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, I want to be bartender or brand ambassador. I'm like, oh, this seems like it could be cool for a while. Yeah. So do it until you want to stop and then move on. I mean, right, it's, right. the world keeps turning, I promise. And uh, my uncle hired me in as, like, an electrician's mm. apprentice. Uh, did that for a couple of years. As I started taking on more bar shifts, um, started getting more and more late to work uh, because that culture, you know, working late nights and right. things like that. Um, basically, this is kind of a recurring theme. I'm not very effective in the morning. Uh, I, I I'm like, glad this is in the evening. Yeah, no, I, I like the nighttime. I am typically up by 8, 30, 9 o'clock oh, every morning because that's like the golden hour where I can get stuff done before my wife starts scuttling around and right. get distracted by things or whatever. Um, and it just kind of seemed like a natural progress. You know, I, I've, I've had some retail experience mm-hmm. um, and just started bartending. I'm like, oh, I fight it, you know. Did you, it, growing up, was there booze around? Did your folks drink or was it pretty um, subdued? Or? My dad quit drinking uh, when I was 18, mm-hmm. 19. Um, he, he struggled, uh, with, with alcoholism for sure. Um, I don't think he has capabilities to listen to this. So I think I can, I can say that without worrying. Um, so he quit drinking. Uh, I was extremely proud of him about that. Uh, he was a smoker growing up too, and he just quit. 
I asked him one day, I'm like, Dad, why do you smoke? And he's like, I don't know. And he threw the pack out the window and he just that never smoked it. again. Just like that. I'm like, you asshole. Like, I'm a smoker <laughs> and I struggle with it. Yeah, yeah. I want to I quit. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's kind of what I, I keep that as a reminder uh, for is me. It, is it something that kind of looms over you? The, the prospect that no. potentially, no. No, it's it's keeping it in control. I mean, sometimes we all drink too much and that, that happens. But I'm, I'm not like a violent person. Uh, I'm not combative or anything like that. I mean, yeah. we get, we all get drunk and rowdy sometimes, yeah. I guess. But um, it's a reminder for me that, hey, don't let it get on top of you too much, or at least keep yourself somewhat composed. Like that's especially with this job. Like yeah. I can't be like drunk and starting fights. I'd be, I'd be fighting really yeah. quick. Um, so it's a constant reminder for sure. I, I keep that with me a lot. So it built momentum. Is it- Alcohol, you stumbled into it, right? So you're kind of around food, you're in bakery and shit. I mean, and it's, it's a very appropriate way to put it. Well, we stumble into shit all the time, you know? And it, but then it starts, it, it breaks away from the other professions for you. It gets like, sure. this is the thing that kind of resonates, and I'll just keep doing it, I'll keep doing it. Sure. And then the Delilah's piece, what, how far along were you when you kind of started working the door there? Was it really early on in your exposure in the hospitality industry oh yeah that was uh delilah's i've worked with i've worked in one other bar oh really so that's really really early for you okay yeah uh so that was really the the beginning of hospitality for sure got it and and getting into that whole thing um when i started doing it i mean i was like wearing a sweater to work i was a nerd (laughs) you know what i mean and like all of a sudden i'm like i became more confident and you know throughout my 20s i was like oh like became more confident with expression and with people and things like that and it it was just really uh it it helped me blossom a lot you know what for those of us who aren't in chicago but have absolutely heard of delilah's Mm. it is a whiskey mecca is that yeah an understatement yeah for sure um It's weird, like, now we're in the era of, like, restaurant groups right, right. and uh, concepts and things like that. Um, granted, most of that has to happen because the industry has become so fucking expensive to actually start your own thing, uh, especially in Chicago. It's extremely difficult, and it's extremely costly. Um, in 1993, I think Mike, o- Mike and some other people, a few other people, I'm not sure exactly how many, uh, opened it for basically the price of like a modern car mm. like a modest car excuse me um so it wasn't expensive wow um they got a bunch of friends together and they did it and it like a lot of these dive bars and whatever they're being called these are all born on a function mm-hmm. um most of these bars are held together by duct tape bumble gum right. and a prayer yeah. um they're, gi- all- they're gigging bars <laughs> yeah <laughs> for really- sure i mean it's it's trench warfare for sure yeah, yeah. and it's tough um that's one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot in the industry either is just how tough it is. Um, my family and my friends have always supported me. I'm super fortunate that way. Um, probably cause they saw how much I struggled with education right. and things of that nature. Like, Oh, well Jesus, he's good at it. Well, let's just let him go. Right, until he right. fucks it up or whatever. <laughs> like I usually do uh, up until then anyway, until I was in the industry, that's how I did things. I would kind of do it until I got bored and would fuck it up. Right. And this is just so fascinating to me. I mean, 
it's held my attention for most of my adult life. That's a brilliant thing. You yeah, found so, your, so you found would, your I'm like, thing. Yeah, I'm like, that's great. Like, yeah. It's a relief, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, because whiskey is interesting because it is so multicultural. It's sure. so sensory-driven, right? It's a romantic spirit, it, it for totally sure. It totally is. So yeah. I think that, in a lot of ways, the composition of it can appeal to your project kind of puzzle-solving mind. But oh, at sure. the same time, you've got this is how this tastes because it smells like this in the area. This is how the water tastes, and this is why the whiskey comes out this way. Oh, sure. So much yeah. stuff to it, you know? Sure. That's um, that's where, uh, before I took a job with Redemption, uh, I was at the Beverage Testing Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known uh, the director over there, uh, Gerald O'Kennard, for a long time. And, I mean, if, if there's an encyclopedia for, for spirits and anything alcohol, yeah, yeah. this guy knows it. And I got hired there. I want to say at least partially because I stumped him. Really? It's whiskey laws. He part of the whole interview process. I'm like, whiskey laws. A lot of people say barrels. Okay. That they have to be stored in charred new American oak barrels, and that's right. not. It's actually containers. Containers. Okay. And just like that minutia thing. I don't know why that always stood out to me. I'm like, oh, but everybody just, says yeah. barrels, and it yeah. doesn't have to. It could be like a, a horse or something. Yeah, sure. You know, like a wooden horse, whatever. And he's like, well, and he stopped the interview, and he go went to look it up. And he's like, he's right. Oh wow! Like, yeah, he's like, wow. He's like, that's really impressive. I'm like, oh okay. And you're um, like, spending your right. there, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but but working there, um, our tasting methodology that we do uh, that we developed um, over the I think God, BTI has been a thing for like 35 years. I want to say, wow, long time. Um, developing like tasting methodologies, your blind tasting. You know what category and what proof it is, right. but you remove all the other labeling bottle shapes, sizes, whatever other bullshit that they put on the label. Sure. That's really it can inconsequential. mislead you and uh, change the way you taste it. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, it's, uh, it's stressful. It's really stressful that you have to just taste something and be like, oh, well, this isn't, I don't, I don't know that this is the Henry Van Winkler Fonzie Reserve whiskey. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but it's fantastic. Hey. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and, and like going through that and seeing what pe- what notes people would take, pull out, yeah. whether it's beer, wine, whiskey, spirits, whatever. And it was cool to like see people like bolster their their confidence, and I love that. Like, Drink what you want, yeah. you know. Like don't buy into labeling, don't buy into hype. Drink what you want, and, and that's what's the most important, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And being confident in that. I mean, we all fall fall for marketing bullshit. Oh, I know, and and it's like. Good design, I'm a sucker for that. So if I see something that's got great design on it, I'd be like, ooh, this is going to taste good. And it already gets favorable bias because I like for sure. bo- I like great bottles on good label work, all that bullshit. So when it comes down to your palate, well, actually, first, were you still bartending when you took the gig with the Beverage Tasting Institute? Um, that's kind of uh, what segued me more away from bartending. Got it. Okay. Um, I helped open up kind of a cocktail concept in the in the West Loop in Chicago. And I won't say which one it was because I don't want to talk badly about sure, that, sure. but I fucking hated it. <laughs> okay. um, I learned a lot of like technical bartending skills, which is great. Right. Um, but that's kind of was like, I, I don't think I should be bartending anymore. Got it. Like I was tired and I was starting to become bitter a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, I okay, that. I'm like, maybe I need to move on to something. And sort of like getting married, I'm like, well, kicked in you know like yeah. well, we want to buy a house we want to start the tribe pretty soon like that whole thing yeah, so yeah. all these things were like i need to figure this out 
And my wife, who's a spirits buyer in Chicago as well, I'm like, you take this and run because you're a woman in whiskey and that's way more important. Like Absolutely. whiskey needs women. Yeah. And, and there's very few of them, which always kind of bums me out. Um, and went over to BTI. I still bartended like a couple times a week at Delilah's, right. uh, but that came to a close as well. So it was and, a full transition, I think for good reason. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, do, do I, you, I thought I would miss it more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when you throw the word bitter out there, it's probably okay to depart. No, it's kinda. my my Delilahs. They're they're family to me. Yeah. Um, I spent a large amount of time with those people. Um, they're very important to me, and they always will be. Like we hang out. Like we're 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 genuine friends. Yeah, like yeah. the weird thing about not bartending anymore is like, oh. Like, I don't get you drunk anymore, so like I don't see you, yeah. and that's and that's it's, it. Like yeah. that's a bitter way to look at it, and I'm not like that. That well, how many friends do I actually have now? That's it's a great weird, point. It's been weird to figure out, dude. Really totally. Weird. If you could get lunch with someone and drink coffee, and then spend two hours talking, then that's the those are the people that are the friends. Yeah, totally. Right? But if you only hang out when one of you is behind the bar, it's a different dynamic. Yeah, and uh, it, it is. It's to- it totally is, and you have to kind of start taking inventory in a sense and say, "I've got great pool of friends, but yeah. who's coming to the wedding? Who can I invite over to the house to hang out with and watch?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really um, strange that dichotomy and, there. And pulling away from bartending, uh, like while I was at BTI, just because I was there so much yeah. that most of my shifts were opening bartender shifts, so I couldn't do both. And it really, like, I, I think my work over there really suffered because it was tremendously interesting work. Mm. Um, but it was just, like, it was, like, right off that transitional period. Yeah. So I think I was just, like, it, for one thing, it was in an office, and it was really interesting, but I'm, like, like, I would find myself taking boredom poops. You know what these are? <laughs> I invented them, maybe. Um, but, like, where you're sitting at a desk all day, and you're just, like, I'm restless. I'm going to like find a reason to get 12 the fuck years away. of being on my feet for yeah. work. 12 plus. I mean, being a tradesman too. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. just like I'm used to be going home physically tired. And then like sitting in an office all day. Like I would just like get up and just go to the bathroom and just like walk down the hall and just not like waste time. No, but, like, I, I, I like I know my You were break. trying to find something else to do yeah. away from the and desk. And it's like, well, I've been here like. You know, I know my labor laws and yeah. what I'm, what kind of breaks I'm allowed to take and what's paid for and what's not and all that. So I'm like, ah, I've been here a couple hours. I'm going to take a board of poop. A couple, yeah. couple cups of coffee. It's, it's oh, about yeah, time. coffee definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Organic coffee for some reason, too. That's like grass through a goose with me. I don't know what it is. I don't know yet, but that's a brilliant. I do the same thing. Like, I'm just going to drink a whole bunch of water so I have to piss every 20 minutes yeah just so i can get away from my desk yeah and walk around. it was just one of those things that like it's uh, a weird transition that is because it was totally totally um i was really excited about it because uh, because it was a new thing that i get mm-hmm. to learn about but the transition was just so shocking to me um that you know like i was pretty depressed for a while um i i stepped away from like being the rock star bartender and like putting on the being show on stage, and, yeah. and flipping records and and knowing everybody and being invited to all this cool shit to like being the office guy that I learned a lot. It, yeah. it, it developed me professionally quite a bit. Um, but just dealing with that big transition yeah. and uh, one of the many reasons I love my wife is that she like, she put up with me and she was just like, well, eventually she's like, 
get your head out of your ass and do something then. Right. And if you met my wife, you don't that that's exactly what she said. It's just little <laughs> You said she's like five a, two, my oh, wife's yeah, like, like five a, flat. Mouth like so a like, trucker. She's a total bulldog. It's, it's awesome. She's the kind of exactly the woman I need. Yeah. And um I'm like, Yeah, you're right. And the opportunity opportunity came up uh through Marty Duffy actually that uh to work with redemption. And I was like, Yeah, like perfect. Because, like, lining things up. So yeah, you have what is ultra, like, basically you have the academic knowledge because you were in the beverage sure. and you're behind a desk. Oh, for sure. I'm like, wait, you want me to, I'm like, you want me to talk about three whiskeys now? Like, yeah. no problem. Like, <laughs> as opposed to, like, 800 potentially. I was like, yeah, I could talk about three whiskeys. Let's go. So now, because, like, now you get to tour again. You get the band back together. You get to go. You had the, the happy hour at Freedman's yesterday for USBG, which means you yep. get to talk a bit. Yep. You get to educate. get to connect. You get to travel. And you still kind of can keep regular business hours. You can have a for great sure. relationship. You yeah, know? for sure. So how long have you been doing the redemption piece now? Um, It was just before my birthday. March? So, yeah, March. Um, I think it was like late February, I want to oh, say. Cool. Yeah. So it's almost we're almost upon a year. Yeah, it's been really it's been really strange uh, in a really ex- a cool way because um, I'm figuring it out. Yeah, you know, and seeing what other people do, uh, especially my counterparts, uh, one of whom is super into the cocktail scene, like he, and he's uh, super knowledgeable. He's right. excited about it. He, he, there's a question he can answer it for you, and and if he can't, he'll find out. Yeah. You know. Whereas I'm not, I'm more of just like technical whiskey guy. Um, I love learning about the cocktail culture, uh, culture, and especially down here in Austin, like sure. you guys have a nice, it's nice great. scene. A lot of cool it, people. And it's not pretentious. Um, some cocktail places can just be like lighten up, Francis. Like dude, you're getting people on, drunk. Man. Like yeah. come on, or we're not curing cancer. That's yeah, a, that's seriously, favorite, dude. It's yeah. like you're not. It's, like, it's not that big a fucking deal. Well, yeah, you know. Well, it's, it's, that's what brought me through the looking glass was like my 10 year high school reunion. Like people were always asking and I almost didn't go. Um, but they were like, Oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, I'm a bartender. I'm like, Oh, is that it? And it bummed me out. Oh. It's that old thing. Yeah, dude, I'm like, I know. Oh, fuck man. I'm like, you're, then I looked at him like, well, you're a CPA. Yeah. You're, like, you're, you're a lawyer. Great. And like, I pulled up on a vintage English motorcycle that I built by hand and I realized, I'm like, well, I, I provide people with what they look forward to doing all day. Yeah. Like, that's kind of rad. It's pretty rad. Yeah. And now you, now you've, like, operationalized that, if you think about it. Kind of. Uh, and it's, it's all about how you look at it, too. Yeah. Um, what, what I've seen uh, in, you see, like, the, like do, are you familiar with the term star tender? Oh, sure. Like, yeah. from, like, the 90s yeah, and yeah. 80s, almost, where, like, these star tenders were, like, super famous, like, blah, 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 they're rock star whatever right and i almost see that coming back a little oh, I bit i think it's, it's come back it's really weird sure. because like i wish the I, I and maybe there's literature out there maybe i'm just not looking in the right spots mm-hmm. but like it sucks like a lot to bartend sometimes i mean you're getting your ass kicked you're getting covered in all sorts of weird right. shit sticky you're tired. yeah there's always the substance abuse risk right. uh whether it's drinking or other yeah um weird hours you have to surrender weekends pretty much indefinitely sure um sacrificing normal relationships uh whether romantically or otherwise totally yeah and like that doesn't really get talked about and it kind of it kind of bums me out no i think that's a it's a great point and we're starting to talk about it more 
Yeah, totally. People are putting their bodies on a... They're basically crucifying themselves for this industry. Yeah. Because it's so easy. It's so accessible. You can get drugs. You can get drinks. And yeah. You, like what... But you give up everything. You give up your health. You give up your relationships. And then that only means that your life expectancy is going to drop drastically. Sure. And I don't I don't think it's the industry that does that. No, um, sure. I think it's... Uh, latent within certain people and and that that comes out sometimes with proper facilitation right um but you you see like these bartender competitions that are there's they're fucking everywhere now yeah oh yeah every brand every different thing every city all of it yeah i'm pretty sure like kenosha wisconsin has a cocktail week now um (laughs) cheese curds being the ingredient oh yeah it's strange but oh cheese curd toddies are the best um (laughs) god that's gross i don't know man it kind of sounds good well and then like these you see like you know guys like charles jolie who i respect and admire greatly he's done a lot i mean especially my beloved chicago you know but like uh, like guys like that and and these these brands that even put on these contests to like bartender of the year or so-and-so ambassador or tales of the cocktail whatever the fuck yeah and these are all great programs but like they don't really tell the story you know what I mean? They don't You're tell right. the story of like going, like leaving work when the sun's coming up. Absolutely. Um, like that Hey Bartender thing on Netflix. Awesome. It's yeah. great because you're just like, man, that kind of two very different people with two very different things going through kind of the same thing. Yeah. But um, the, the guy at EO, I forget his name. But it's like, yeah, like you feel for him, man. Yeah. And he's like, Jesus, that guy, Steve maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What is, you're, you're right, but that's, that's how politics are. That's how the media is. Now. But like, do, uh, I'm wondering if like, is this like a chicken and egg thing? Like, is it not being talked about because people don't want to know or don't care, mm. or is this not being talked about because it's kind of like, oh, like, I think nobody it's, wants to see the pile of wood before the house. They just want to see the house. Dude, well, but I think that's what it is. No one wants to see the violence and the people dying every day and the blood spilled on the the ground, right? Sure. It, it, in Africa, they like they don't want to see that. Yeah. They don't want to see any of that. They just want to know. Who's popular and who's getting awards and how can I be a social media darling? Sure. And I, I guess that's maybe how maybe I'm creatively looking at. I yeah. kind of like, like but, at a whiskey barrel. I'm like, that could be a chair. Right. Like, no, that holds whiskey. I'm like, no, it could be a chair. But like, you're that going sort of down. Like, maybe this comes back to what you were saying earlier where there's this, which is us in person talking, unfiltered. You know, if we want to talk about race, we'll talk about it. We want to talk about politics, we'll talk about it. But Sitting they, next to a combo still? Yeah. Yeah. Sitting See, next well, to the pot still, yeah. So I got a exactly. Yeah, which Look is really cool. PVC pipe, right? <laughs> yeah. There's smells, there's vinegar, we can smell like all this stuff. They all this sure. real gritty stuff where things actually get done, which you and I appreciate. Yeah. But at the same time, there is that nice distilled down version that you get on your phone in your hands that just makes it nice and tight and clean and you can go to bed in them. Yeah, I suppose maybe uh asking a bit much, you know. But that, maybe that um, comes with age. Sure. And and when I um and I, I get asses sometimes and it's it's kind of weird because I get uh not quite nostalgic but like kind of retrospective in that like wow like your job's really cool like how do i get that job yeah. like well it's luck most of it i sure. mean just like everything it's everything, timing yeah. lightning strikes whatever um but also uh you know just making decisions just make a choice man yeah. if, if an opportunity comes up and it seems like it's a good fit great go for it if it doesn't work out that happens too. Like, don't worry about it so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, totally. Just go. 
You're right. Like, how do I be that? Like, don't think of it that way. And that, I guess that's kind of where I I don't like being like kind of not having a map. I guess. Have you Have you heard the term paralysis by analysis? That is my favorite term. <laughs> no, but I know ever. exactly what you're talking about. Right? Where it's like you just think and you go through every scenario. Just fucking do the thing. Just go with your gut, like you said. Yeah. Right? Do it. Just do it. If yeah. it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But don't think about it so much that you don't move forward. Yeah, totally. Uh, it can it can it can cripple you yeah. and it can lead you to bad things. Totally um can. definitely uh towards the end of my bartending uh career, like started getting bitter a little bit. Uh started drinking a lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to do something else. I didn't know what to do. I, I'm an uneducated guy that, you know, I'm tall and I can work hard so I can reach things and, and throw things far <laughs> You're if you functional. need that. Yeah, That's I'm like, I'm bad knees from soccer, but right. other than that, I'm pretty good. And it's just about making those decisions. I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know. And the BTI thing came up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll try that. It didn't work out. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, a, but it was a bit only of a black eye from that. But yeah. You but know. it was only because this was supposed to work out. It was to give you this opportunity. I like think work. so. I think so too. Yeah. I think that's why we meet the loves of our lives. I think that's why we get into businesses that end up really defining a piece of our life. Oh sure. You know? And look at uh, look at the brewing community, right. uh, the distilling community, all of that. They, these are all lawyers and I know it, dude. like. Uh, uh, ex-nuclear physicists right. like there's actually those guys making whiskey right now that's why they have because they didn't like, want to do what they were doing yeah you know right. it's like oh okay it's not the only it's, one it's just that's what people don't talk about yeah it's which is really of, weird it is because it's kind of the rags to riches story in a sense or the richest to rags actually it's probably sure and that's why things, that's why like i love going out and talking with people because that's that's the story that isn't told unless you're there you know, like yeah, that's something you have to ask. Yeah, like that's something you like share whiskey. Like it might come out. Yeah, it's good. Like Marty, Marty Duffy and I for sure have had days worth of conversations that wouldn't have happened if we weren't there. And I'm like, how cool is that? That is so cool. I don't know. Serendipity again. Very serendipitous. Well, so tell me the. We'll talk about as we kind of wrap up. We'll talk about the San Antonio Cocktail Conference, and you'll be in town again, which is cool. Yep. We'll run into each other again. We'll be down there. A couple of weeks. But I saw there's a ten year cast strength rye that you guys just that was out? one that we did uh, a couple years ago okay um i mean because we we source our whiskeys out of mgp right. so getting those aged uh barrel proofs aren't, aren't always accessible yeah, to us yeah. uh so that's a it's challenging to say the least um but along with our this is a, and this here's the first one that we did of these we have three different mash bills that we work with mm. we did three barrel proof uh expressions this year cool we did an eight-year rye, uh, a nine-year high rye bourbon, and a nine-year just straight bourbon. Cool. Wow. And they all did double gold in San Francisco. Not to get pluggy about it, but um, no, I asked those in are, this case, right? Yeah, the, like uncut, unfiltered. Or they are, you know, uh, non-show filtered. Yeah. Um, but like that's that was actually one of the first things I did with Redemption back in like early March. Mm-hmm. It was like some craft cocktail or craft distillers conference. And we were sitting there, and like we, uh, it was the president of Deutsch, or uh, the CEO of Deutsch came in and he had the three bottle samples for us, like the barrel samples. Oh, man. So we did like the tasting notes, like right there. And that was like the first cool. thing I did with these guys. I'm That's like, amazing. wow, like this is rad. There's yeah. like little particles floating in it because they were lab samples, yeah, essentially. It wasn't what went to production, but it was like pre production lab samples, yeah, like yeah. out of the barrel itself. And, 
those are just uh, more of like the collectible things. Yeah. Um, they they retail for ninety to hundred bucks, depending. Yeah. Um, I don't think they made their the, way down here. I didn't see many of those. Uh, they are in Texas are for they? sure. Yeah, uh, they're super they probably rare. Probably got cut like all per- picked yeah. up real quick. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, they got they got scooped up pretty quick. Uh, but the, again, like those are you you see the other brands that are yearly released. Um, that's kind of our ethos behind it. Mm. Like our yearly release, more connoisseur collectible sort of thing, more rare. Which of course people just go nuts for whatever. Oh yeah, that that's rare nowadays. Um, that's like the the idea behind that. That's cool. I like it, and yeah. I I'll keep my eyes peeled because I haven't had any older stuff from Redemption. Uh, the riot, I know. I mean, is a staple, right? Yeah, I was at uh I was at the Blackheart before yeah. I came down here. Uh, great bar, uh, great whiskey selection. I know they have uh, our eight year barrel proof rye behind the bar. Do they really? Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. One hundred and twenty two point two proof on it. God damn! But it doesn't drink like it. Yeah, that's the dangerous part. Like it can ruin your date. <laughs> you know, you go there, you're hanging out with a nice, you know, you're out right. with the missus or out with a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. You sip and it's like, oh, that's magic. That's wonderful. It's my baby for yeah. sure. And then you look at the bottle, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Damn like, it. 122 proof. Yeah, so one and done on that. <laughs> That'll maybe, get but... you where you're going more quickly than other things. Yeah, for sure. It's it's going a lot faster than the <laughs> other one. So as you said, we've got a, a few weeks until San Antonio Cocktail Conference 2017. A lot of yep. great people coming into town. Guillermo Sousa, Mr. I Thomas ha- Estes. I haven't been, but I'm looking forward to it. I've I heard nothing you, but really good things. It's, it's cool, man. It's, yeah. it's really a chill vibe. I mean, San Antonio is a great place. The cocktail scene is just emerging and turning totally into- is super fun place super fun town to go drink in it's, and it's pretty compact too yeah. uh good public tra- i mean you can and you can get uber and stuff and we have things in austin but it's such a post uber yeah, you guys have like one bus and a couple of little electric trains don't you it's pretty, <laughs> yeah like electric they, 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 they make it like, hard for you to get around around like here and the, and the roads are congested enough oh yeah you know it's oh it's horrible yeah but you're going to be presenting like can I take a guess? Is it going to be about whiskey or something slightly uh, different yes. than that? Um, kind of what I'm developing still. Um, just reading like a bunch of literature because uh, just always learning. Yeah. Um, is uh, I've like read some books by like Dave Wondrich, uh, like Imbibe and Punch, and I'm gonna do like kind of the evolution of the cocktail, uh, a brief history of like where that came from. Yeah. Uh, coupled with like a whiskey timeline. Uh, American whiskey timeline, I should say, okay, and where that came from, and how the two just kind of came together, and again, the, like and the redemption label is behind that because our brand is named after the cocktail community, you know, eighteen sixties, eighteen twenties, eighteen forties, whatever the the birth of the cocktail movement. Most of them were using rye whiskey uh, in America, anyway, mm-hmm. and we wanted to just revitalize that prominence of rye. And it's it's growing like crazy. I mean, it's still a really small portion of whiskey. Yeah. But over like the last few years, it's like four hundred percent growth That's or some crazy. crazy shit like that. Nielsen ratings and all that statistical yeah. stuff, which is comforting <laughs> to read, but really sure. fucking boring too. Um, but you like connecting with the public like that. You like kind of chatting and educating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't ride a motorcycle anymore, and I can't play sports because my knees are shot. So that's kind of a rush. Yes. So I'm, I'm definitely a junkie like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be a smaller presentation, um, which I'm totally cool with. Um, but just getting people and just seeing how they react to that. Yeah. Starting with like a, like a punch. I'm going to do uh, Sazerac and then go back to an old-fashioned. Because, cool. I mean, it's 
the cocktail industry were like, we're not doing anything new, guys. Yeah. We're getting back to where it started. Because it's you. Which is really cool. Like, look at, you know, cocktails on tap. They're a thing now. Where did that come from? Mostly punch. Things like that. uh, Citrus driven. Not so boozy. Like, that sort of thing. And it's very fun to, like, the more you read, like, the more just, like, oh. You have those little aha moments. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's all coming back a little bit. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, uh, and this is to, to a far lesser extent, but understanding that MIA used a Clash sample. Yeah. Which is like, oh, fuck, that's a Clash song? Right? Yeah. And yeah, then, I think like, what, Kanye just did that with like Paul McCartney or some yeah. shit, right? Yeah. It's it's crazy um, how it all comes back around like that. Yeah, totally. And like a part of you is like, oh, how dare you like sample the Clash? Right. And then it's like, oh, well, okay, get over it. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's just somebody else. Whatever brings other that. people into it. Yeah, because right? there's, uh, there's nothing new. No. Uh, it's all just a constant growth on what came before. There's nothing new. Yeah. Uh, not to, God, it sounds dark, and I don't mean it that way. No, but no, it's not in a bleak it's all way. It's creative, just, additional yeah. things happening. You know, it's just repurposing in a sense some of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, so I got one last question for you because I don't know what this answer is going to be like at all. I have no idea. Sometimes <laughs> I get, sometimes I get a sense, right? All right. But you're at a hotel bar. Yeah. And it's at any time period. Doesn't matter, right? You could have a drink with any person, living or dead, in history. Who would you like? To be sitting right there beside you, engaging in conversation at that bar. Oh, my dad. Really? I never got to have a drink with my dad. Um, beautiful, actually. And it and it's it's weird because like it, we became a lot closer because of it. But I think that's like a, a bonding thing that I missed out on. I um, yeah. Other than that, uh, Joe Strummer for sure. I knew it. Yeah. Beyond sappiness, <laughs> um, yeah, Joe Strummer for sure. I think um, there's a it, lot of people that would want to hang out with Mr. Strummer. Yeah, like when um I did like a kind of a smaller gallery, I like did like a clash theme thing. Like my my parents that that shot of the clash on the roof in New York City mm. where Strummer's got like the thing it's this extra clash of a New York shirt yeah. on. I painted that, like a version of rend- a rendition of it, and my my parents bought it at the gallery I was oh, at. Oh, that's great. And they hung it in their dining room. Oh, like this gosh. beautiful dining room, like in suburban Chicago. Yeah. That has like a picture, like a painting of the Clash, and I did. I'm like, oh, I see that, I get a charge out of it, you know. That's killer, man. Well, it's um, good. It, it's really been brilliant chatting with you and kind of talking about art and talking about music and booze, and it'll be great to see you in San Antonio. I yeah, I'm looking forward be, to it. No, big... Texas, Texas is really cool. I'm super fortunate to come down here as much as I do. It's great, dude. Thanks so much for chatting with me, Eric. We'll You're talk welcome, soon, dude. Thank you. Well, there we have it. A great chat with Mr. Eric Rosen, trader of Chicago of Redemption and Whiskey. I'm looking forward to catching his class about the classic cocktails and the application of rye whiskey in those. I think he's still kind of putting together some details, but it'll be a very interactive, educational, and fun experience with Mr. Rosen Trader. Love talking about art. Love talking about the clash. I've talked to Eric, and we spent some more time with each other kind of after the conversation. He's a really wonderful guy, and if you guys get a chance to just hang with him, during this year's San Antonio Cocktail Conference 2017. Really, really would suggest it. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter which season of Bones you are on, because Netflix has them all besides the new season premiere that just happened on January 3rd. I guess I'm turning into a little bit of a bone freak. Or if you're waiting to see what HBO puts out next to binge watch, please keep dancing.